Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Catherine Toon. Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. I'm excited because we're going to talk today about the person of love, who is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but different facets of him. You know, when he, when the word was made flesh, when Jesus came on the earth, the express image of the Father to reveal the Father to us, to change our minds about who the Father is, not change the Father's mind about who we are, because he's not confused and never was. Um, he revealed himself. Uh, as particular facets. And these are, I believe these are facets of love and these are ways for us to experience him and enjoy him and discover him. Uh, and, you know, intimacy is the key to a fulfilling life. Uh, you know, if we don't have intimacy, if we're not connected in love, love, uh, life becomes meaningless. It really does. It becomes less, you know, what's the point? Because love is the point. And, beautifully he is a person that wants to be known and that can be known he is the most intoxicating person he's the most gorgeous person in the universe and ding to ding ding you look just like him in your flavor but you know in order to realize who we are in his image and likeness we need to see him as he is with with a greater and greater clarity so you know this is less a study um, although it's great to study, uh, but it's more a discovery. It's more an encounter. And that's what makes it fun. Listen, if you're not having fun in your uh, Christianity, quote unquote, and you're following Christ in your relationship with God, uh, well, you know what? Let's take care of that because you're, it, God is joyful. And this is not, I, 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 I always get vaguely annoyed. When people, well, you know, don't be happy. You know, happy is just circumstantial. Joyfuls, and, and it makes it sound like you're really having a crappy time. But on the inside, you're happy, right? And so I just think that happy is happy, and I, I just don't think we need to complicate it. Let's be happy. Let's enjoy um, this lovely, lovely person who, by the way, loves to enjoy you. You're his favorite thing. So let's talk about this. Um, God has revealed himself in multiple ways as life, as light, as truth, as the way, as the door, as the true vine, as the good shepherd, but above all and undergirding all as love that makes all of that make sense. So, you know, it's really fascinating the way these interplay and interchange and they're all facets of who he is and how he presents himself. You know, a word picture um, conveys so much more uh, understanding uh, than kind of like a study. And so if we, we talk about light, well, what are the characteristics of light? All of that. Well, those are characteristics of the one who is the light of all humankind. All of that. So let, let's dive in. Let's have some fun. Um, I, I don't presume to encapsulate, <laughs> but I do absolutely presume to enjoy and invite you to enjoy with me. We're just going to have a good time. Uh, you might just end up happy and I vote for that. I think you ought to vote for that too. 
God loves happy children. And I, there's enough misery out there. Uh, you know, uh, there's just enough horrible stuff out there and, uh, we see it. And so in that place in this world, you will have tribulation. Cheer up. I've overcome the world. And so cheering up means engaging with eternal things that transcend us out of the yucky here and now. And so, uh, let, let's do that. I wanted to read a quote. And someone had posted this on their, um, um, I think it's, uh, Rodine Williams, I think, posted this on somewhere. <laughs> I can't remember where he posted it. Um, but it's a quote from, this is a really long name, so I'm just going to read it. Um, it's Jay Zazulas. And I guess a person named Brett Endress um, quoted it or something. But anyway, I wanted to give credit where credit is due because this is not for me. <laughs> but I'm picking it up because um, this was kind of the launching point. So I've read this. I'm like, hmm, this is good. So uh, the quote is, the life of God is eternal because it is personal. That is to say, it is realized as an expression of free communion as love. It's personal and it's the person of love who wants to be personal um, to you. And, you know, I, and I, I know so many of you have had incredible encounters. Lay hands on me. That's awesome. And so we get to share together, right? Okay, so let's talk about uh, God is life. And you can find this scattered all over John 6. And uh, this is Jesus saying to his disciple, I am the bread of life. Now, this is, we're going to talk about this. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes in me shall never thirst. Now, isn't it interesting that he presented himself as bread? Now, I love this because bread is so accessible, right? How many of you have ever wished, I'm just saying, if you're honest, <laughs> that Jesus would just materialize in bodily form in front of you, right? Um, because that's one of the ways that we grasp, um, you know, these, these concepts that are not seen with the, um, the, the eye, you know, that are not heard with the ear, uh, that are not material in nature, but spiritual and more powerful, but sometimes it's hard to connect. And so, um, he, he gave us this concept of this accessibility as bread, but this is not just any bread. This is the bread of life, right? And so, um, you know, I mean, all I can say is just munch on Jesus all day long, right? Munch on him. You know, the more you partake of him, the happier he gets. You know, sometimes we, we get, we get a little apologetic. We're like, well, I just want, just want this one thing and, and then I'll be good. And he's like, oh, honey, just take the whole table. Like what's, <laughs> don't hold back, right? Partake of him. As we partake of him, we're partaking of the divine nature. And then the divinity that is within us that we're in the image and likeness of in our humanity, right, is able to be manifested, right? As he is, so are we in this world. So he comes as bread of life. And, you know, this satisfies the most innate hunger that we have universally, whether or not we recognize Jesus as Lord or any of that stuff. But this is a human hunger. We hunger for the person of love because we were once in communion with him without reserve. And then 
coming into this earth realm, we get limited by our senses. We get limited by our fallen experiences, right? So he, he, he says, you know, this bread is not of the bread of life, but we don't even hunger. We don't thirst. Isn't that amazing? Um, and then, um, and then, uh, he said again, he repeated it. And this is important. What is repeated means ding to ding ding. Let's give it emphasis, right? It's repeated over and over. Repetition. We need that. You know what that does? That creates in our neural pathways deeper and deeper pathways. We want our ruts to be happy ruts, right? Our defaults to be happy defaults. That bring uh, truth, life, love, light, all of that, right? Wholeness. And verse 48, he says, again, I am the bread of life. And 51, he says, I am the living bread um, that came down from heaven. If any man eats this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And, you know, God's um, God saying, I came to serve not to be served. And we are a hungry creature, right? We're so hungry. Uh, and, and he's, he's the hunger that really satisfies. Well, we, you know, we have other appetites and things which are great and godly. That's good. Okay. Except, you know, appetite for murder. Okay. Let's not talk about that. I'm talking about the obvious ones. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so these appetites that he's given us are godly, but he's the one that satisfies. You know, how many of you have, have, uh, you know, say had like a, a vegetarian dish or something, and I'm not picking on my vegan friends or anything, but you know, it just doesn't stick to your ribs. And like an hour later, you're like, I'm hungry. <laughs> well, God is the meal that satisfies, but you want more, right? He is the bread of life. And with that, we get life. In him, we live and move and have our being. So if you are feeling drained and lifeless and, um, you know, and, and, and uh, depressed and oppressed and all of that, feeding on him that he gives freely, right, is going to, is, is, is what's going to help you. And this is a personal encounter. This is a personal encounter. And I remember in, in, in times gone by when I was so starved for, nurture and comfort. I mean, there was, it was nowhere to be found. Right. And it took a long time of me, um, feeding on God to really fill that need. So I am just, I'm, I'm just not starving anymore. Now I want more. So it's the stuff that you, um, you hunger for it satisfies, but you want more, but you're not starving and you're full of life. And you were made for it. You were made for communion. And so we get to be Holy Spirit gluttons and it's a good thing. So just partake and keep on partaking. And that just makes God happy, right? Because he's able to be for his kids what he wants to be. I'm your source. I'm your bread. I'm your life. Um, let's talk about um, John 14, 6, because this is kind of a triple whammy. It's a trifecta. <laughs> I love it. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the father, but by me. Now, you know, Jesus in his union with his father and with Holy Spirit assumed human identity. He came uh, to the world as the word made flesh as humanity so that we could enter in to that relationship he has with his father and that makes him the way. 
And so, uh, you know, there's nothing that we're going to do to, which is great because, well, that's kind of a vast understatement right there. But what's one of the things that's so great about it is it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on your ability to pray or you're having said a prayer or your ability to fast or your ability to see in the spirit or your ability to prophesy or fast or read your word or go to church or tithe or do all the different disciplines that you may have been brought up with. Uh, because the bottom line, this has already been established. Jesus said, look unto me, the author and finisher of faith. Okay. So, which means Jesus, you started it. Well, you get to finish it, right? So he started it and assumed human form as humanity. So we could engage with, with his father, with, uh, father, son, and Holy spirit, because we are spiritual beings. And apart from him, we can do nothing, but as we remain in him and him in us, we bear much fruit. Um, let's talk about God is light. Uh, and for those of you uh, who don't know uh, Paul Gray, he has a, a an online course. I'm just going to put a shout out for uh, Paul's uh, online course about God is light. And um, uh, so go check him out, Paul Gray. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, but I just thought I'd do a, a tag for that. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about it and let him <laughs> do the real stuff. Okay. And I know he, uh, he recently was on my podcast, uh, Catherine Toon. Um, but what you can look under Catherine Toon and it's perspectives with Catherine Toon. Um, and he was talking about God is light and you can check that out as well. So I just thought I'd put a little plug there. Yay. Hi, Paul. We love you. Okay. So let's talk about God is light. Let's go to John 12, 46. And he says, I, I have come as a light into the world that whosoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Abiding in darkness means that's your habitation. Okay. Now, if you are depressed, okay, it's a, it's, it's not that there's no light. It's that there's a blindness to the light that is already present. I'm going to talk about this a little more, uh, in a bit, but the light is everywhere. The light is in you. And so, you know, Jesus as the light points toward the light, which is all around. He helps awaken by his spirit, our senses, so we can start to perceive the already present light in us that we are one with Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, John eight twelve. 12, uh, then he spoke to Jesus again unto them, he said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, isn't that interesting? Life has a frequency because light is absolutely a frequency and there are different wavelengths for light, but it's all a frequency, right? And so it's a light of life. It's a light that brings life. We were talking about interchanging uh, these different facets of who the person of love is and getting revelation of what that is. So his light is life. His bread, he, him as bread is life, right? And so that life and that light are, are facets really of him and who he is and, and him as the person of love, right? Let's go to John 9, 5. It says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, guess what? Ding, 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 ding. Just in case you thought <laughs> that Jesus is no longer in the wor world, 
Oh my goodness, he is in humanity, right? He assumed a human form, took on the form of humanity, and Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Christ is very much present in the world in a much greater way than when it was just about him in his earthly form, right? Um, John eleven twenty five. Uh, Jesus said unto her, I believe this was Martha, if you want to know context, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So we have a connection. Remember, we we're talking about the connection between light and life. Now, here's a, here's a facet. So what is dead comes to life. God is the God of resurrection, right? And so ultimately, even uh, even people that have, have uh, died in the Lord, right, and their bodies are decayed and whatever, he will resurrect those bodies in bodily form. God has a value for human bodies. He's not, he's not, well, just the spirit is good and the material is bad. That's Gnosticism. That's actually heretical. <laughs> but, uh, but Jesus assumed flesh because that's how much he values humanity and our flesh. So you get it all, baby. And that is so exciting. So there's a, there's a connection between resurrection, life, and light, right? Um, let's talk, go to uh, John 1. This is like the mother scripture. <laughs> I love this one so much. I'm reading this from the New American Standard. It says, in the beginning was the word. Now, this is the capital W, the big W. This is not the Bible. This is the person who is the word. And as scripture and the Bible point to the capital W word, the one who is the logos, it's doing its job. And as it's pointing away from it, uh, its value is the fact that we recognize that that's pointing away from it. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a fallen perspective. So in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. So, which means that, uh, you know, uh, father, son, and spirit always have been right. All things. And, and Christ is not a created being. That was a really big, uh, when we were going, they were going through all the different um, creeds and establishing that one. That was a really big one uh, to overcome because there was a lot of attack as Jesus is somehow less than than the Father. That's that was a, a heresy called Arianism. Um, but they're both together, right? As one, all things came into being through him and apart from him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. God is all about his creation. Uh, let's see. Um, all things came into being through him and apart from him. Not one thing came into being that was uh, that has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of mankind. Here we have this connection between life and light. Okay. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not grasp it or comprehend it. You know, the human condition is a condition of blindness. It really is because it's not like we're trying to make Jesus come or trying to get Holy Spirit to come. It's like he could not be more here. <laughs> but we get blind and in our blindness, we are delusional. We just really are. And, you know, uh, and, and that that's part of the human condition where we get alienated uh, from the life and the light that's already present. And that's already present 
throughout everywhere. It's the knowledge of the glory that fills the, that, that, that is being revealed is that glory that, that covers the earth, uh, as the waters cover the sea. It's that knowledge. It's the, it's, it's the ability to see. That's why we need Holy Spirit to enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we do know the hope of his calling and the glories of the riches of the inheritance that have been placed in us and us as his inheritance and his mighty power towards us. We need eyes to see. And so that's a Holy Spirit job. And so in the place where we're not tracking with God in these facets, we're not tracking with ourselves in the facets that we reflect those facets. Because the truth is your light, you have light, you have all of that. You're not self-sustaining apart from God, right? Because apart from him, we can do nothing, but you, as, as you're sourced in, in that, um, uh, you, you bear much fruit, right? Okay. Let's talk about, um, the door. Um, this is, this is great. This is similar to the way, just another facet, just another way to, uh, reflect on this lovely, lovely God. Okay. Uh, Jesus, uh, John 10, seven, then Jesus said unto them again, verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I love it when Jesus says, verily, verily. He's going, truly, yeah, no, guys, no, really, I mean it. So sit up and pay attention. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the truth is saying, truly, yes, I mean, truly. I'm not joking. Truly, truly, I say to you, because he knows us. He knows us and the weakness of our frames are kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, really, right? So we need that ministry and it's okay because he's there to minister that over and over and over. This is why things are get repetitive because we need to get our programming reprogrammed and reprogrammed and reprogrammed. So the stupid thinking that we have, <laughs> we get out of that rut into a new default way of thinking that brings us life, light and um, wholeness and all of that, right? We're being transformed, unveiled, transfigured by the renewing of our mind. Okay. So very verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Okay, so we're sheep. Now, the thing about sheep <laughs> is they're adorable, right? Except they're kind of clueless. And they need someone to guide them and tell them where to go. Now, if we don't have the humility to connect with our cluelessness, and we act like we know it all, we are unteachable. And we're not going to grow, right? And we're probably mm, prideful. <laughs> but we all have sheep, sheepishness, right? And we need to know, Jesus, where, where, where are you? Oh, there's the door. And the thing I love about the door is the door is unlocked. As a matter of fact, I believe the door is a revolving door. <laughs> so it kind of creates an updraft to suck you in because he's trying to lead you and guide you where you need to go. And sometimes as sheep, we're kind of clueless. We're adored in our cluelessness, but we can be clueless. Yes. Um, with that, he also uh, shows himself as the good shepherd. Another facet, right? John 10, 11 and 14. I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Isn't that beautiful? I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known of my sheep. So you know what? It's so beautiful. He gives his life. He comes to serve. He doesn't just give like and give you a nice dinner. He gives of himself right? I mean, it's amazing. And um, he's, he's a shepherd, leads and guides and protects and lays his life. And he's the good shepherd. Because how many of you know, how many of you had some crappy shepherds? I mean, you know, we get confused at how many, sometimes we've been crappy shepherds, right? 
And so we've led people in bad, destructive ways, sometimes unknowingly and sometimes knowingly. It's a good thing we're pre-forgiven. Isn't that a happy thing? So I'm the good shepherd. And I love this. I know my sheep. What does that mean? You are known. There's something about being known, right? That we need. That's part of that intimacy. Remember I said our deepest needs is to be loved and to be known, to be seen. And if you've had the experience of being invisible, it is exquisitely excruciating, right? And that was a lot of my testimony growing up. I've just felt so invisible. Uh, so that's healed. Hallelujah. Um, but, um, uh, right. So you are known and he's wild about you. It's not like he knows you. He's like, oh God. Yeah, I know you. Mm -mm. He's like, I know you. And he's wild about you. Awesome. Right. That brings stability, right? That brings stability. Um, and I'm known of mine. And let me say this. We're all his. You know why? Because we're all children of God. Now, so resonating deep within every single human being uh, created is a part that knows God. And I think um, that gets hijacked. That gets buried. That gets denied. That gets, la, 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 I can't hear you. I mean, we do all sorts of stupid things. We are clueless. That's where we're blind. And so we just act in destructive ways that violate love, right? Um, but every human being was created in his image and likeness. It was created from the heart of God and was known by him as chosen and loved by him. And so there's a place in every human being. And I, I believe Holy Spirit just tugs on that and tugs on that and tugs on that. Now, sometimes if you were like me, because I know you were probably brilliant, right? But I tugged back, right? <laughs> I did push tug, push back or tug back, right? For a while, I fought it. I was so mad at God, but I still knew God, but I was so mad at him for a long time. I got over it. It's a good thing. I needed to get over it. But I, I did have a period where that was a big part of my testimony. Um, so, uh, but isn't that beautiful? So you are known and and you know him, right? You really do. And so I tell people when they feel like, I can't hear God, I can never, I just go to your knower, go deep inside and connect with your knower. And sometimes that takes a while because we have so much crap, you know, but that's okay. We can, we can surmount the crap, right? This is surmountable and connect with your knower and you know God and you can hear from God there in what, however you hear from God. Uh, let's talk about Jesus as the true vine, John 15, one and five. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. The husbandman was the person who took care of the vine, right? And so Jesus is, this is interesting. Why would Jesus say, I am the true vine? Well, probably because we go to all sorts of different vines to try to make them our source. I think they call it hmm, an idol, okay? <laughs> and now if you hook yourself up to an idol, you're probably going to get some juice for a period of time and then you're going to crash because it's not a source. Because other people, other things, uh, that good things um, are not sources, they're conduits. You don't get your source from a created thing. You get your source from the one who is the creator, 
And then you have different conduits. I'm a conduit. You're a conduit. We're all a conduit, but we're not a source. And don't let people make you your source. They will suck the life out of you. <laughs> right? And they will end up drying up and it will be bad for them. We don't make people our source. Okay. But they're great conduits, right? Awesome. So he says, I'm the true vine. And this is the vine you, you, as you awaken to, because remember, you're already grafted in. You know, God grafted you in and he didn't ask your opinion. Ephesians 1, 4. You were chosen and united with Christ before the foundation of the world to be without spot or blemish before him in love. And so he chose you. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And then if you were smart, you chose him back. <laughs> but he secured you, grafted you in and choosing him back doesn't make it so. It makes you awaken to the fact that you've been chosen and you're grafted in. That's an awakening and awareness to the fact that you're a branch in the vine of life, light, love, all of the goodies we've been talking about. And you just stay there. Now, listen, if you disconnect yourself functionally from that and try to like work it out yourself or maybe try to find life from an idol or something, you're going to turn crusty and dry and whatever. Well, just take your crusty, dry self, <laughs> reattach functionally. You're already one there, but to the one who is the true vine and you'll get all of that life and light and gooey, gooey, happy, lovely goodness. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Um, he that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now, what is abiding? Abiding is staying without changing. Abiding is where you inhabit. It's where your abode is, right? And so if I am abiding in Jesus, I am, I am enjoying my communion and union with him. And then when I get forgetful, look at the bird or, you know, something crappy happens and I'm like, God, where are you? Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you are. Okay. Thank you for helping me see your. Okay. I'm starting to feel much better now. Right. And that's what we need. You know, we just recently had a tragedy uh, in Boulder and, and that we've had these sprinkling shootings throughout the country. Are you kidding me? Um, and this one kind of hit, hit home for me because, uh, it was a King Supers grocery store. Uh, and I think 10 were sh killed. I'm like, are you kidding me? But this store was right down the street where my daughter, uh, had her apartment when she was going to school. And, um, we used to shop at that King Supers. I'm just like, okay, we, Houston, we have problems. And so in that place where we're um, feeling functionally disconnected, we reconnect and we get wisdom. We get the ability to forgive and we get the ability to minister. We get the ability to weep with those who weep, but also bring hope and encouragement and life. So we're not looking around, uh, looking around us every single time thinking that we're not going to get mowed down, right? That we're not living in fear, okay? Because perfect love casts out fear right? Uh, you know, oh my goodness, know who you are. Enjoy your union with this gorgeous God who's just wild about you on your good hair days, on your bad hair, hair days, on your, you know, horrendous monstrous days, right? Where you've acted like a monster, which is not who you are, but that means you're just confused, right? Um, and um, uh, on, on all of those times when you're bored, <laughs> enjoy your union, 
take the Lord wherever you go. Take take the Lord. I'm not saying he, he already is there. Let's be clear. But when I say take him, awaken to the fact that he's there. So, you know, do your shopping with him. Do your taxes with him. Do your um, reading. Just invite him in, in everything. He cares. If it matters to you, it matters to him. You are utterly marked by love. Um, so, and I, I, I think I'll go ahead and actually promote my book, Marked by Love, because I'm trying to think what would help. Um, so Marked by Love, for those of you who don't have it, was my first book. Um, this was kind of, this is my baby, uh, because it's about 20 years of my journey to know this person who is love and those facets. And I needed so much healing. I was so jacked up and I learned to encounter him. And so in this break, uh, this book, I share so much wisdom and revelation. And then I take you through what I call love encounter breaks. And that's your time to make to right where you live to encounter the person of love. And you may see him as light or life. You may see him as the vine. You may see him as the shepherd. You may see him as the truth. You may see him as the way, as the door. You may see him as so many different things. But what you will always see him as one who's wild about you and who is so safe and is able to heal, resurrect, you know, whatever needs to happen, right? He's the brilliant one. Um, so I take you through those in each chapter and it is really life transforming. The one thing I will say about it is, uh, don't, don't whiz through it, like, um, savor it, encounter it. Okay. Because he's speaking through it. That's my recommendation. So you can find this on Amazon, on, uh, in, in paperback, uh, in Kindle and also on Audible in my own voice. So I wanted to make sure uh, we got it in whatever form you have. And if you go to my website, katherinetune.com, I also have a free chapter, chapter six, the object of God's passion. That just makes me happy to say you will be happy if you want to check that out first. But I just get, just, just, oh, go all the way, get, get the book. So you can practice savoring this person. Anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful evening, morning, wherever you're, you're whatever time of the day that you are uh, listening to this. I love you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.